Hello, friends, and we are back. Welcome uh, to another episode of the Robcast, and this is episode 100 and something, and I'm coming to you from the back house in Los Angeles, California, and uh, today I have the added, added joy, <laughs> which is also a distraction, which is a fantastic distraction. Kristen Bell is at work in the backyard planting something. Every once in a while, she gets out her gardening tools, implements, weapons, you know, the little clippers and the little mini shovel, and um, she's a desert woman. She came from Arizona, so there's some cactus in the backyard, and she just um, moves them around. She fusses with them. She makes them look cool. So uh, she has been walking back and forth. I have seen a couple of and we have some very cool, odd-shaped plants. Uh, Dr. Seussish is what we said to the landscape person. Um, we would like it to look zen, desert, Dr. Seuss-ish outside the back house. So she just um, walked by with something interesting in her hand. There was a garden hose involved. So if at all um, I sound distracted, it's because uh, Kristen is walking back and forth doing who knows what and when i'm done with this episode i'll go out and as always i'll be like i never would have thought of that that looks so cool so we got that going on and um probably was a year ago um i started doing broadcast episodes about wisdom about the wisdom tradition because wisdom is different than iq Wisdom is different than what you can find on a Google search. Wisdom is different than your SAT score or where you didn't or did go to college. Wisdom is something else. And uh, we need wisdom more than ever. And as more people appear to be losing their minds, are you with me on this? We need more people who aren't losing their minds, who are grounded and centered in something bigger than themselves and have a civility and a calmness to them. So uh, I'm going to keep going with this wisdom series. Might be another year. Who knows? Um, and this episode is called Wisdom, She's All Around You. Because in the ancient tradition, wisdom was understood to be a woman. She's understood to be personified as a woman. And of course, I mean, obviously, need me say more. Um, oh, yeah. But I should tell you um, about all kinds of things that are happening. Uh, okay, so the first thing I need to tell you about is something to say because... I'm so happy with how this turned out. Over the past couple of years, I've been doing these two-day events for communicators, like how to give a talk, how to memorize a talk, how to take a bunch of ideas and string them together, how to take a story and tell it in a way that it conveys whatever it is you're hoping to convey. And uh, so I took all of my best content from that and I recorded it here in the back house. Turned out it was seven hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> And then we put that audio, the Something to Say audio, on my site. And uh, you can get it, and it's, uh, we're doing the Radiohead model. Pay whatever you want. Come on, how thrilled am I about that? So happy to be able to make this available to you. So um, there's the Something to Say audio, which is now up, my very best content on sort of the art of communicating. And then um, we put up one... For October, we put up a Something to Say workshop, which is where a smaller group of people come here to LA to the improv, to the uh, improv lab, and I'll work with you on whatever you're working on. So I'll give you more content that wasn't in Something to Say, and then 
I'll work with you on whatever talk, message, speech, lesson, book, whatever it is you're working on. And I've done a little bit of this in the past and it was so much fun. The October um, Something to Say workshop uh, filled up right away. So we are offering a second one and it's in November and uh, would love to see you there. All that, And this is like serious. This is like serious. I want to help you go pro. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is like serious workshop level. I'll be giving you exercises to do. Um, we're going to work. It's going to be fantastic. So that's in November. All that info is at robbill.com. And then a number of you have been very vocal about how uh, the two-day events in Los Angeles, that's nice, but you would like a two-day two event um, in an eastern time zone. And you've been like, it's just too far to go, but if there was one in the eastern time zone, you'd be there in a heartbeat. Well, my friends, I have listened. So November 13th and 14th, two days in Nashville. Um, I'll be at a club in Nashville doing a two-day event. I'll be talking about growth, change, evolution, stages of consciousness, expanding awareness, all the big itchy topics that keep us up, that have us all fired up. So um, all of that info for my first two-day Nashville event will be at robbell.com. And then what else should we talk about? Oh, last year I did an event at Chopra Center. Um, I did a teaching and then Deepak Chopra and I did a session together and that guy is funny. He's brilliant and amazing, but he's also really funny. And then I did an interview with the people from Chopra Center and they took all of that and turned what I said into a class. Because um, one of the things I was talking about is how do you know when to leave and when to stay? Should I stay or should I go? Um, how do you know when one season is ending and a new season is beginning? How does that work? What about when you're in between? So they took all that and created uh, a course called Taking the Leap with Rob Bell. And um, if you want to take that online course, you can find it at Chopra.com. And then somewhere in that process, they're going to ask for a promo code to make it cost way less money. And you know what the promo code is, right? You know when it says, like, do you have a promo code or a discount code? You know what you type in there. Come on now. Say it with me. So good. So that's it. S-O-G-O-O-D. That's the promo code at Chopra.com for the Rob Bell class. And please tell me you're laughing already about that. And then, oh, one more thing. Largo shows. Um, you seriously, my friends you got to see a Largo show. you got to come here, and you got to see Largo, and we have so much fun. And I'm doing uh, October 4th. I'll be doing um, Largo shows this fall, but the first one is October 4, and I'm doing this whole new thing on how to live from your soul. What's it mean to have a soul? And what is the relationship between soul and curiosity? And, uh, oh, man, I just, so much fun. So... There are all sorts of things that are happening, and we'd love to see you at any one of those. And uh, now we should talk about wisdom, should we not? Because we need more people to be entering into the wisdom tradition than ever, because uh, we're facing big challenges here. Are you with me on this? So, first... In the wisdom tradition, 
Wisdom is personified as a woman. Here from Proverbs chapter 1, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. So in the wisdom tradition, wisdom is a she, and she's always talking to you. She's always calling out. She's not hidden over in a corner, leaving you to just wander through life, bumping into things in the dark. But she's literally walking down the middle of the street shouting. So this is huge. Because for many people, spinning, stressing, nerves frayed, reacting to whatever is coming your way is the norm. But in the wisdom tradition... It's a calm, grounded, centered way of living in which you live with the assumption that in every situation, wisdom is right there talking to you, calling your name, shouting to you, whispering to you. Do you, do you see how this shift can like change everything? You don't need to live consumed with fear. You don't need to live consumed with anxiety, with stress, with worry. You can live in a grounded, centered way in which whatever it is that comes your way. See, there is your response to whatever it is that comes your way. And there's your very normal human response, anger, doubt, rage, uh, a sense of betrayal, loss, joy, hope, euphoria, peace, love. There are your responses to things, which are totally normal. And uh, we don't want to stuff those. We want to repress those. So you have to respond however you respond. But the wisdom tradition is about on the heels of whatever that response is or within that response, you live with the assumption, okay, all right. So what is there to learn here? What's going on here? Or as my therapist used to, a therapist I went to for years, the beloved Dr. B would always say to me, what's the next right thing to do here, Rob? So I'd be like, well, yeah, but what about next year? If he'd be like, hold on, what's the next right thing to do? What's the next right thing to do? Yeah, but what if they, or what? No, we're not talking about what might happen. We're not talking about two years from now. We're not talking about this hypothetical. We're talking about what's the next right thing to do. So uh, the book of Proverbs, it begins with uh, the Proverbs are for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior. And I did an earlier episode on the word prudent because that English word's a bit neuter. You know what I mean? Prudent. Who wants to be prudent? But prudent actually is this very subtle Hebrew word that actually means like subtle and nuanced. So in the wisdom traditions, for receiving instruction in, in the subtleties and nuance of behavior. Essentially, in the wisdom tradition, it's assumed that there will be situations that aren't black and white. There will be situations that are morally ambiguous. There will be situations where it's not clear. If you do this, then you're going to miss this. But if you do that, you're going to miss that. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's called living in the real world. And so in the wisdom tradition, it's never just this sort of blind fundamentalism that's like, well, just, you know, it's very clear. Just it's there are times when it's real fuzzy, it's opaque, it's ambiguous. And so wisdom is about listening in those moments 
and making the distinctions, parsing out what's the next right thing to do. It literally says for doing what is right and just and fair. See, wisdom isn't a head game. Wisdom isn't about how many facts you can memorize. Wisdom is about knowing what the next right thing to do is. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. I love this phrase, add to their learning, because all this calls into question how you understand the world that we live in. Uh, a while ago, I was at a party, and you know that thing at a party where you're like meeting people, like where are you from, what's your name, what do you do? And I remember meeting this woman who said, uh, in the course of who are you, what are you doing, you know, all the normal party chatter. She said that she had been a nurse uh, something like 36 years, uh, uh, something like that. And she said, and then I just recently retired. Now, normally at a party, you meet someone, oh, you're a nurse for 36 years, okay. Uh, next, anybody want a drink, right? Because that's just, that's, uh, I asked her, oh, really? Did you work at the same hospital for 36 years? She said, yeah. I said, was there a day that was your last day at the hospital? She's like, uh, yeah. She looked at me like, who is, who is this guy? <laughs> She's like, no, you know what I mean? It's like, wait, you're asking me questions about myself. What is going on here? So I said, is there, was there a, a last day at the hospital? She said, yeah. I said, what was that like? Was there a day that was like the last day you pulled into the parking lot? What, what were you feeling? Tell me about it. So she, she told me about it. I said, then, I said, did you have like a, like a box when you walked out at the end of the day? Like with, a, I don't know, pictures and a coffee mug, like your stuff? She's like, actually, I did. I had like a little box full of my belongings. And I said, what was it like to put them in the car and then drive out of the parking lot for the last time? And then she told me what that was like. And I said, what was it like the next day when you woke up and after 36 years of going to the same place, you didn't go to the hospital? What was that day like? And then she told me, what was that day like? And I was like, oh, now it's been a number of months. What's it like now? Uh, now that you haven't been in that routine for a while. And then she told me what that was like. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, my friends. It was fascinating. It was really, really, really interesting. And I, I would argue that, that a lot of the time you are one or two questions away from very interesting, fascinating things. But what happens is we just skip right on by it. You know, in, in the mystic, mystic tradition, they talk about the bush is always burning. You uh, just passed by it. Or I would say you passed by it, but your head was down because you were texting. <laughs> bush is always burning. Yeah. The problem isn't that the world is boring. The problem is that we stop after one question at a party. So the reason why I tell you about that woman who was a nurse for 36 years and then retired and all of the interesting things I learned, just asking her a few, anybody can ask questions. And that's actually the thing that's really important to understand. You don't have to be very smart. I'm a, a classic example of this. You do not have to be very smart to ask questions. You can just start asking questions. And there's a world of interesting insight and understanding just below the surface of most interactions. 
and most people just skip right on by. I tell you about that nurse, that retired nurse, because when you enter into the wisdom tradition, you have to challenge the assumptions many people have about the world that we're living in. For many people, it's just stuff comes at you and you stress and you worry and you just try to deal with it. But you can see it a different way. There is your very natural response to whatever came your way. And you're angry, just, of course, you got some anger. You need to vent, vent. You need to like express it, fine. You need to express it. That's totally normal and that's totally central to being human and we don't want to repress or deny because if you stuff it down, then it will haunt you in other ways, which you've heard me talk about a thousand times. But then there is the second thing. There is your very natural response to it. And then there is your second impulse, which is questions. What is this? How did this arrive here? Have I been through this before? Have I seen anybody else go through this? Curiosity is one of the engines of the wisdom tradition. And so what it says then in Proverbs, it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. And here's one of the problems of the modern world. Lots of people don't listen, and so there is no accumulation. Nothing is building on anything else. And the idea behind wisdom is that you would listen, you would ask questions, you would notice patterns, you would hear people say very interesting things, and then the next time something came your way, and you would lean in and you would listen, and you would receive instruction, and that would add to the previous wisdom and you would get what's called an accumulation. And the problem is lots of people go through all sorts of things. They've been to hell and back and they haven't learned a thing because they haven't been asking questions. Do you know anybody who went through something and they're still complaining about it? They're still the victim? It's like you meet up with them 18 months later and they're still telling stories about how they're a victim. They're still blaming. They're still giving other people power over their joy. They're still venting, and they don't have any questions. How did it happen? What did I learn? What will I do differently next time? Lots of people are spinning, and they're stressed and anxious, and they're a wreck. Because each time they go through it, it's like they're going through it the first time. There has been no accumulation. The problem with complaining is complaining is energy spent that you could have spent asking questions. The problem with blaming other people and blaming them two months later and two years later, is that blaming takes energy, and it's energy that you could spend asking questions. What did I learn? What will I do differently? How do I recognize it the next time it comes around? Needy, draining people rarely have questions. Because if you have questions and you're curious, then you've entered into the accumulation of wisdom and you probably won't be as needy as draining as you used to be 
Come on, are you with me on this? The problem with lots of people who are complaining and needy and draining is they don't have any curiosity. And curiosity and complaining are two fundamentally different postures. And so the idea is that you learn to listen to wisdom because she's always speaking to you. And so in every situation, obviously you respond however it's normal and healthy and natural to respond, but then your radar goes up, your ears are opened, and you tilt your head in the direction of wisdom because you know she's saying something to you. She's got to be speaking. She might be just walking down the middle of the street with a bullhorn, or she might just be quietly whispering to you in the middle of the night, but she's always talking. Do you see how this changes everything? And so if I had one goal for this episode is that is to help you see there are these two postures to life. And if you can move from the one, if you can see them as energetic postures, then it just changes everything because whatever it is you're going through, you're like, oh, interesting. I wonder what I'm going to learn in this. I wonder what wisdom will be hiding in the midst of this awful thing. <laughs> now, it's also interesting because in the wisdom tradition, they talk a lot about prudence, which is about subtlety and nuance. Accumulation is actually fairly sophisticated. And so what happens when you are paying close attention to your own experience? You are asking questions about your own experience with the assumption that there is wisdom there for you to gain that will then be added to previous wisdom you've accumulated to make you more wise and to make you more grounded and centered and full of joy. Now, the temptation, the temptation of fundamentalism, which uh, in the wisdom tradition is called the fool or the simple, the temptation is to let someone else do your wisdom gathering for you. Do you see how many systems are built around somebody who says, no, don't worry about it. I got it covered. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to think. I'll tell you what to consume. I'll tell you where to go, which means I'll tell you what not to read. I'll tell you what not to listen to. I'll tell you where not to go. And lots of systems are actually guilty of hijacking the very absolutely necessary process of wisdom accumulation. Somebody somewhere says, I'll do it for you. Or um, have you ever encountered somebody who, or maybe it's you, who, who you find yourself saying in the face of facts and reality and truth, you found yourself saying, yeah, well, I don't know, because I was always taught, which was, you know, somebody told me this is the wisdom on this, but now I am facing something that is forcing me to rethink it. And you either double down on the previous view, dig in your heels and plug your ears and say, I will not be open to this. Or you say, oh, this is what the wise do. The wise listen and they let it accumulate. By the way, have you ever been talking to somebody and they're spouting off? And suddenly you realize that they're totally quoting somebody else and that they actually have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> it's like they took the wisdom of somebody else and then they cut and pasted it into their own browser. You know what I'm saying? And you know they don't have actually any idea what they're saying, but it just sounds right because whoever said it that they're taking it from said it really confidently. The wisdom tradition is about each of us 
owning our own path and our own accumulation of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. I know. You see how this posture, if you can move from passivity to curiosity, uh, sometimes also it isn't just letting somebody else do thinking. Sometimes what happens is somebody is taking a truth that previously worked and they're ramming it into place, but it doesn't fit. It's a different situation. So it requires new understanding, new insight, new subtlety, new discretion. And yet what happens is the person is taking old wisdom and just saying, well, that worked before. So this is why in the beginning of Proverbs, it talks about understanding, wisdom, listening, accumulation, subtlety, prudence, is it's assumed that part of wisdom is knowing, oh, interesting, I've been here before, and yet I haven't been here before. So I'm going to draw on this accumulation, but I'm also going to be open to the fact that this new situation might demand new thinking and new plans and new actions. That's why there are all these verbs, gaining, understanding, receiving, doing, giving, listening, getting. It's a different posture. And some people have been to hell and back and they don't have any questions and they haven't learned a thing. So the real art is to pay attention to your own story. Interview yourself about your own story. What did I learn? What did it teach me? What was true there? It's a particular posture and energy in which you learn that you're never, you never stop figuring it out. We'll shoot to the one more thing about the paradox. There's a paradox in the accumulation of wisdom, which is this is new and this is old. It's when you find yourself in a new situation, a new stress, a new obstacle, a new incredibly obnoxious, draining, toxic person in your life. You find yourself in a new situation that's demanding new wisdom. What is the next right thing to do here? Oh my word, I have no idea. It's going to take a little bit of reflection, a little bit of work, a little bit of wisdom gathering. This is new. And yet also the paradox is this is old. I, I am going to draw on all kinds of wisdom that I accumulated. No one has ever encountered this, and I am not the first to be encountering this. The paradox at the heart of this is you face things with, oh, this is, gonna, this is a challenge. This is going to take something, and everything I need, I already have. By the way, side note, interesting people find the world interesting. Interesting people find the world interesting. This is central to curiosity, and this is central to the wisdom tradition. Uh, I guarantee the people that you find most fascinating and most interesting, they are people who find the world interesting. The reason why you find them interesting is because they're not bored. They're full of questions. And as long as you have questions something interesting will always be happening. Now, let's take all of this and let's make it about you today. So, uh, whatever is currently vexing you, 
I like that word vexing. You with me on that? <laughs> okay, whatever is stressing you right now, whatever it is before you put your headphones in, before you hit play on your podcast player machinery, uh, what's stressing you? What's overwhelming you? What's bothering you? What's frustrating you? What is causing you to be flummoxed? <laughs> yeah, and this might be the personal, might be finances, might be health, all the way to the communal, might be your town, might be your neighborhood, tribe, workspace, might be political, might be our nation. Uh, oh, God knows. We got stuff there. Um, whatever it is, whatever it is. Uh, what is it? What is it? What's the thing? What would you call it? And I don't mean, oh, it's just my brother-in-law. No, no. What is it about it? What is it about the job? What is it about the bills? Central to the wisdom tradition, you got to name it. You got to describe it. You got to articulate it. I've met people who say, I feel stuck. Got it. You feel stuck. What do you mean? If you stay there at, oh, I just feel stuck. You're not going to get very far. What is the stuckness? What is the nature of the stuckness? That's a pretty fantastic sentence right there. What is the nature of the stuckness? Have you felt stuck before? Have you felt this kind of stress before? Have you been here before, whatever it is? If you've been here before, is this time similar or is it different? How is it similar and how is it different? How did you pass through it before? How did you know? Were there stages that you moved through? Does anybody, and remember, wisdom is always communal, so you move the individual to the communal. Um, is there anybody you know who has been in this place before? Is there anybody you know who's been through what you're going through now before? Is there anybody that you could go and ask them questions about this? In the past, when you acted in this kind of situation, where did it lead you? What did it lead to? What was helpful? What wasn't? Were there things that people told you that were helpful? Were there things that people told you that weren't helpful? By the way, giant assumption that can change your life. Whatever it is that is stressing you. Uh, and this has helped me so many times as I just stop and I ask, what is the giant pool of wisdom on this? Because somewhere there is wisdom on this. You're not the first. Picture, picture like a giant pool and then how can I get my swim trunks and jump in it? I am, I am flummoxed, to use that word twice in one podcast, by people who are going through something that's really difficult and it's really throwing them for a loop and it hasn't occurred to them that there might be other human beings on the face of the planet who know something about this particular thing. I, I begin there. There is a giant pool of wisdom on this somewhere. Is it your grandparents? Is it your friend? Is it a book? Is it a class? Is it a song? Well, like, where is it? Is it a neighbor? Is it somebody you met three years ago that you could just call out of nowhere and say, hey, honestly, could you help me? Where is the pool of wisdom on this? And here's the move that you are making in that moment. As soon as you ask that, you are going to move from stressed to student. And that is the giant 
shift when you come to see that wisdom, she's all around you. As you move from whatever it is stressing you to becoming a student of it. What is it? How does it work? Have I been here before? What's the wisdom on this? If you can make the, if you can move from complaining to curiosity, if you can move from feeling cramped in and like trapped to questions, one of the best questions to ask here, this energetic shift changes everything. If you can move from languishing in it, just letting it pummel you to listening. Okay, wait. She's talk. She's got to be talking on even this. If you're in the presence of one of those toxic people who step all over your boundaries and they just suck the life right out of you, you pause, you take a deep breath, and you say a prayer. Like, I need to hear wisdom. She's got to be talking to me right now. She's got to be talking to me right now. If you encounter somebody that you admire... Man, ask questions. I literally will pull out a notebook and write things down in the person's presence uh, because you got to move to being a student. Life, by the way, is so much more fun and interesting that way. Uh, is it marriage? Is it business? Do you feel stuck? Is it raising kids? What is it? Is it trying to launch a new endeavor? Is it trying to deal with chronic pain? I met recently a doctor who's one of the world experts on chronic pain. Don't even think we were eating together. Don't even think that that guy, like, <laughs> when I got done with that guy, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it that way. When I got done with that guy, I probably asked him 50 questions. Of course, he loved it. You wouldn't believe it, by the way, how much people love it when you ask them questions about their experiences and expertise whether it's a doctor who's an expert on something or whether it's somebody who went through some suffering. And see, the thing is, if you've gone through some horrific suffering, it's sometimes you're just carrying it around. Like, what do I do with this? It's one of the giant questions with pain and suffering. What do I do with this? But when somebody starts asking you questions about how you survived it, how you got through it, how you made your way through it, you're just asking them questions because you need help, but you have no idea what kind of healing it might be instigating within them because suddenly they're taking this load they've been carrying around and they're telling you their story and they're sharing it. You have no idea how much you may be helping their healing. You have no idea. You have no idea. But whatever it is, there is a giant pool of wisdom. There are people who have something to give you on it whatever it is. So uh, stop people. Ask them to repeat what they just said. Ask a follow-up question. Ask another follow-up question. Be a student. It's so much more interesting than anybody realizes. Yeah, because wisdom, she's all around you. She's all around you. And the question to ask of your story, whatever chapter of your story you're reflecting on is, what's the wisdom here? What's the wisdom here? What's the wisdom here? It can change everything, my friends. It's like an energetic shift in your posture towards life. And we'll never stop figuring it out. But uh, 
I remember, I should probably, I should, I should tell you, I cannot talk about this without telling you this story. Um, in one of my most beloved friends, I met him in 2011 at a party in New York. And he walked up to me, we introduced ourselves, and he started asking me questions. And I was like, this guy is so, his questions are so interesting. This guy is like really interesting. Who is this man? And partway through, I was like, wait, 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 what was his name again? And he had given me his name. And suddenly I realized, oh my word, this is Carlton. Oh, this is Carlton Cuse. This is the guy who made the TV show Lost. He's one of my beloved friends now. But my first impression of him, if you ever seen that show Lost, and you're like, that show... How in the world did someone cook that up? If you meet Carlton, my first impression of him, which has only been reaffirmed 5,000 times, is he's curious. He's curious. Yeah. Brilliant. But, but first and foremost, he's curious. Interesting people find the world interesting. And I'll never forget meeting him. I mean, like, this guy is like the man. He, does, he could just be sitting somewhere and he'd have a line of people to talk to him. But at this party, he's wandering around, he meets me, whatever, and he is asking me questions. No wonder his life is so interesting. No wonder he's such a great man. He's curious. He's curious. He's curious. And that's... Uh, that's my hope and prayer for you. That whatever it is that right now has got you down, it's beating you up, it's got you flirting with despair. If you could, at some deep level of soul and spirit, if you could see yourself as a student, and if you could, if you could shift to curiosity, what is this? What's this doing to me? Where's this headed? Have I seen this before? Who knows about this? Who could I call? Who might have wisdom on this? What is wisdom saying to me? Have I been here before? If you could shift to questions and curiosity, who knows? Who knows where that might lead? Grace and peace, my friends.